Well, the suggestion is that you come and see us before you get to New Zealand. Have a discussion with us before you get here because there are instances as well where we can set up trusts while people are overseas and use that trust when they get to New Zealand and it saves a lot of paperwork and it saves a lot of tax issues when you get to New Zealand. Welcome everyone to another episode in our series, Moving to Expatland, The Journey to Auckland. My guest today is Cameron McGregor, Senior Partner of Chartered Accounting Firm McGregor Bailey. Cameron has many years experience in business services and tax advisory, and it's my pleasure to welcome Cameron to the show today. Good morning, Cameron. Thanks, John. Thanks for inviting me along. You're welcome. So perhaps tell us a little bit about you and where you grew up so people get an idea of Cameron McGregor. Right. So I've lived in New Zealand and Auckland all my life. Auckland is um, the biggest city uh, of New Zealand, although Wellington is the capital. Auckland is the uh, central business hub of New Zealand. It has by far the largest population. Growing up, my father set up the business McGregor Bailey in 1948. So growing up, dad was involved with a number of clients and he was also heavily involved in rugby league administration. So it was only natural as I grew up that I wanted to be an accountant and I played rugby league. Yep. Well, that's good. I mean, I might just say for people who don't know, um, rugby league is uh, one game where Australia is reasonably competitive against New Zealand. So I'm happy to talk a little bit about rugby league with you, Cameron. Let's just stay off the other one. <laughs> yes. Well, of course, and it's a bit different over here because New Zealand is uh, very much rugby oriented. I always wanted to be a chartered accountant and uh, Dad tried to push me away into other yeah. fields of study, but I kept true and became a chartered accountant and he suggested I come and get some experience and um, stayed with the firm uh, ever since. So he couldn't save you from the fate of being a chartered accountant? No, no. For some reason, I always wanted to be a chartered accountant and uh, it appealed to me. And I must say, I've, I've had a really neat career and I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, I suffer from the same disadvantage. I always wanted to be a chartered accountant as well. So it must be something about us. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about McGregor Bailey and what the business does. So McGregor Bailey, we're chartered accountants and over the years, we've been very heavily involved in the Institute of Chartered Accountants, and um, I've been chairman of National Public Practice Committee and helped set up the Tax Liaison Committee of the Institute, which still meets, and I'm still a member of the local Tax Liaison Board here in Auckland. So McGregor Bailey is a five-partner firm here in Auckland. We're a medium-sized firm. We employ about 25 people at the moment. I've got some people offshore as well on top of that, and we cover a number of different areas. Okay, good, good. Well, maybe you can tell us when the firm joined the Creston Network. So it joined Creston. Again, those were our, our rugby league connections. We had a rugby league connection in Sydney. We looked after a number of players and some of them went to one chartered accountant who was a member of the Manly Club in Sydney. Mm -hmm. And we ended up having a very good relationship with a guy called Peter Wesley, and uh, he was a member of Creston. He invited us to become part of Creston as a firm, and that must be at least 30 years ago now. 
Yeah, and I guess, you know, just picking up on some of the tax challenges coming to New Zealand probably are not dissimilar to what we see here in Australia, but maybe you could just touch on some of the pre-migration sort of tips you would give someone setting up a business or moving into the New Zealand tax system. The biggest challenge we have in the tax area is really New Zealand cannot claim Australian tax credits, company tax paid in Australia, and vice versa. Australia cannot claim New Zealand imputation credits or New Zealand tax paid in New Zealand. So there are a number of ways that we can get around that, but that comes down to structure. And obviously, before you even put a foot in New Zealand or Australia, you need to get the right structures because otherwise you'll end up paying double tax on any profits that are generated in each country. Yes. And so that's very much the starting point, but also the trust laws in New Zealand and Australia are different. Australia has capital gains and New Zealand doesn't. So how these things get structured right from the very beginning can have a, a major effect on uh, the tax that you pay in Australia or the tax that you pay in New Zealand. Yeah, I was going to ask because you picked up on New Zealand not having a capital gains tax. So one of the questions I was going to say is, if you're moving to New Zealand, if you come to New Zealand, can you wait a while before you sell your foreign assets? Because if there's no capital gains tax, then there's no burning rush to sell? Or what's your suggestions there? Well, the suggestion is that you come and see us before you get to New Zealand. (laughs) Have a discussion (laughs) with us before you get here, because there are instances as well where we can set up trusts while people are overseas and use that trust when they get to New Zealand. And it saves a lot of paperwork and it saves a lot of tax issues when you get to New Zealand. We also, in New Zealand, we have a four-year stand-down period for overseas tax. So obviously, once you become a tax resident of New Zealand, you have to pay tax on your worldwide income. But for people who have never been to New Zealand, you get a tax holiday for four years. So there are a number of things that you can look at, but obviously things like any super that you may have accumulated offshore got four years really to get that back to New Zealand. Got it. And so for the listener, uh, when Cameron says super, he means superannuation, what we say in Australia and New Zealand for a pension. So uh, if you're a Brit heading down to New Zealand and you have a a pension fund, then, you know, that's sort of the comments were directed at that. I think one of the things that I notice about New Zealand is the general ease of doing business. Given Australia and New Zealand has a open market um, between both countries, is New Zealand a good place to set up a holding company to do business with Australia? Or how would you describe using New Zealand as a base to actually do business with Australia? Well, the good thing about New Zealand is, yes, that um, we have a fairly, uh, compared to other parts of the world, we have a very relaxed uh, way of life and we try to make setting up business here in New Zealand as efficient as possible. Now, that's not to say that we don't have, you know, the same bureaucracies as other peoples around the world, but we do try to make it as easy as possible. And for instance, things like GST, we have a flat indirect tax GST on all goods and services. Uh, There are very, very few exemptions. The only exemptions are capital repayments and and interest, but food and everything else comes uh, under the GST net. Uh, Obviously, you can only claim GST on your business expenses. Mm -hmm. And does New Zealand have a payroll tax? It it has PAYE, what we call pay-as-you-earn tax in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. 
PAYE. The PAYE system is supposed to tax you at the correct rate. So if you are employed by somebody in New Zealand, you in fact, and you don't have any other income, then uh, you don't need to file a tax return in New Zealand. Okay. So they collect as you go. Exactly. And there are very few, again, for our normal IR3 taxpayers, our, our normal taxpayers, there is very little that you can claim. So if you've got strictly PAYE earnings, then there's there's nothing you can claim outside of, you know, perhaps the odd expense here and there, but, but it would be very limited in what you can claim. So very simple. Lots of firms come to New Zealand now because they find it a good way to test their markets. So if they can come to New Zealand, much smaller economy than anywhere else in the world, uh, and, and test out their ideas and see how their marketing goes in New Zealand, well, then they can take their products and obviously scale them up elsewhere around the world. Well, I think um, most of the world would have seen the beauty of New Zealand if they just watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I mean, I think a lot more movies than that, but I remember watching the sweeping scenery of the South Island and, and the North Island, and I think it's a great advertisement for um, the beauty of the country. So, yes, I guess aspiring filmmakers do their best and come down to New Zealand. Yes, yes. And New Zealand's quite unusual because it's two long islands. And so our weather up here in Auckland is far different to down the South Island. So you have a great range of scenery. Quite a lot of the North Island, we don't get the really cold snaps. We don't get any snow, but it rains quite a lot more. And so that's good for our dairy production. But then you go down the South Island, we've got these big Southern Alps, beautiful Southern Alps that really go right down the spine of the South Island. And one side of the Southern Alps is very wet and the other side of the Southern Alps is quite dry, but it gets quite cold as well. So they have a lot of snow down there. So you get the two contrasting parts of New Zealand. Yeah, well, it's probably a good time to ask, what are some of the highlights that an expat can look forward to? Well, I think it's a lot less hectic pace here, even in Auckland. But obviously, if you even move outside of Auckland, the pace of life here in New Zealand is, is a lot less hectic than elsewhere in the world. We advertise, we obviously are trying very hard to live up to our clean, green image environmentally. And of course, we're quite staunch on not having things like nuclear power in New Zealand. We rely a lot on our natural lakes to generate power, sustainable power in New Zealand. Uh, we're looking a lot more to wind now as well to supplement that and a bit of solar as well. So the advantages of New Zealand are that you can set up a business and uh, quite easily. And if you've got ideas and opportunities, there are great op ideas and opportunities here. Right at the moment, we know there are certainly lots of opportunities for people to come and work in New Zealand. Maybe you could just touch a little bit on Expat Land Global Network and what you see as the value proposition for the group you have in Auckland for an expat coming along there. Why should someone reach out to the Auckland E-Team? Well, as I said before, really, it's the expertise for the issues that people are going to face when they come to New Zealand particularly around, obviously, the first one is tax situation. And if anybody is looking to come to New Zealand, they should contact us before they get here, because really, the day they step foot on New Zealand soil, once you've been here for 182 days, then you're a New Zealand tax resident. In fact, the first day you put your step on New Zealand is the first day that you go back to being a tax resident. So you're too late once you get to New Zealand. And some of these issues uh, and things that can be done 
may save you a lot of tax in the long run. But obviously, getting here in New Zealand, getting set up, the normal issues that people coming from another part and, and not knowing where they go or what they do, getting housing, getting employment, you know, just getting banking facilities going. Uh, all of those issues can be easily handled if you know how and where to go. And that's really what we offer people is the easy road to come here to New Zealand and get set up properly right from day one and know what you're doing and handle any issues and get them solved straight away rather than really not knowing and really going down the wrong paths and, and causing lots of headaches that don't need to be caused, really. Yes, and I guess another member of the Auckland E-Team, Malcolm Pacific, who do immigration, would be somebody that you'd probably suggest people reach out to at first instance to, to get permission to come into New Zealand? Yes, there are a number of areas where they're slowly opening all those up again and having someone with the expertise of Malcolm Pacific to who know all of those areas straight away and, and know what hoops you've got to go through to get into New Zealand and getting that right right at the beginning is very important. But we also have access to solicitors as part of Jackson Russell as part of our, our network here. So if there are any legal questions that need to be answered. So we have a good network and hub here that we can, can hock into. Uh, each of us have our own networks as well uh, that we can, as I said, if there are any issues or problems that we can help solve for anybody, then we use the power of those networks. Well, that's good to know. And I see today from um, an article in Business Technology that there's a, a fair few South Africans are moving to New Zealand. So I'm not sure if you're calling in rugby reinforcements, Cameron, <laughs> but um, it, you know I believe January to May there's been quite a, an increase in South African expat heading to New Zealand. Have you bumped into any of them on the street? There are large contingents of South Africans in New Zealand already. They've migrated to different parts of even Auckland. Mm -hmm and they assimilate very easily into our communities. Most of them come with lots of skills and they find it very easy to come here to New Zealand. It's a safe country for them to grow. As I said, most of them bring them here for their children and their education and the opportunities that are here in New Zealand for them as they grow up. Yeah. And the kids, you know, have any number of opportunities to play sport or become and do whatever they see in their life in front of them. Well, for any South Africans that might be listening, I would obviously say Australia is probably not as good as New Zealand in the rugby, but we're better in the rugby league. So if you want to come to Australia for rugby league, yeah, we're the place. Um, so maybe uh, just tell us some of the challenges now, because we've heard the good stuff. What are some of the challenges of moving to New Zealand at a high level? I mean, I guess there's challenges moving everywhere, but anything you occurs to mind that you would say they've got to, someone's got to think about? The challenges in Auckland here particularly, if you want to come and live in Auckland, obviously it's the largest economy. Our house prices have gone through the roof here in New Zealand and particularly here in Auckland. Mm. If you move outside of Auckland, the house prices do go down. Okay. But if you want to live in Auckland, then housing and getting enough money together for a house in New Zealand has become progressively a lot more expensive. People trying to save for housing and what have you uh, find it very difficult. And the banks have really clamped down on, we used to have very liberal uh, banking policies where, where, you know, you could almost borrow 100% of the cost of a house. Well, 
that has certainly gone by the by, and uh, you need at least probably 20% deposit now to purchase a house. Of course, if you're paying high rent in the meantime, it makes it very hard to save. So the challenge is that we are growing reasonably fast. We have had big immigration gains over the years before pre-COVID, and so Auckland has grown fairly quickly. As I said, we are working on our transport issues. There's no doubt to get from one side of Auckland to the other for any business at the moment is particularly difficult and takes a long time. We're working on new rail networks at the moment, and even government has recently just put a lot of money into renewing coastal shipping around New Zealand. Mm -hmm. So those are the challenges we have as a nation at the moment. If you're an Aucklander, you know, some Auckland families have at least three cars. Mm. (laughs) And so we really are reliant on our cars here in Auckland. And of course, that's clogged up our motorways fairly quickly. Got it. And then I guess from education perspective, if large numbers of people coming in, there must be some sort of pressure on the school system, the private school system, or have you got anything to add around education and schooling? I mean, our education system has been coming a bit under fire. By the same token, we have over the years, you know, we've had huge offshore pupils come to live and study in New Zealand. We've had a large influx and we're only just starting to see that flourish once again. But a lot of the Asian countries certainly saw New Zealand as a very favourable place to send their children to get educated. And we had specialised educational facilities really catering to those demands. So the normal schooling system we have is a combination of public and private. So if you want to spend the money and send your children to the best schools then and you can afford to do it, then uh, you certainly can. But there are also a number of very good public schools as well. Okay. And in Auckland here, we have at least three universities here in Auckland. So there is plenty of opportunities here for anybody to further their education, whether it be in trades or professional areas, really. Tell us a little bit about the healthcare system. Is it public, private system, or is it fully public? How does that work? So, again, we have a mixture of both private insurers and a public. All of our health services here in New Zealand are free to the public. Okay. What we find at the moment is that one of the challenges really is that because of COVID, of course, a lot of the people that would have got treated during that time weren't able to be treated with non-life-threatening operations. So the health system here in New Zealand is under a lot of pressure at the moment to deliver services. Right. And we used to have a number of district health boards around New Zealand. The government just on the 1st of July has introduced a new centralised health system in New Zealand to try and correct all of that. But basically, the health system in New Zealand is free. You may wait a while, is what I'm saying, under the the public health system at the moment to get in and get your thing done. Whereas if you take out private insurance, you can take out and pay for, then obviously uh, you can go to any specialists or you can get seen a lot quicker and, and have whatever operation you need doing a lot quicker. And is it expensive, the private health insurance, Cameron? It's not overly expensive. It's for a family, mum and dad and and a couple of kids. It's probably three or four grand a year or something like three or four thousand dollars a year, something like that. So much cheaper than, you know, other countries such as the US and other places. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Much cheaper. Yeah. Okay. 
it does open up those health services. As I said, a lot of specialised services. So, but if you can't afford that, then there is a, certainly the public hospitals to fall back on. Thank you. That's good to know. And I think uh, another question that is probably on people's minds is they might have taken a, a holiday to New Zealand before deciding to move. But how would you describe uh, New Zealand or Kiwi culture in terms of you know, what are some of the do's and don'ts when interacting with uh, New Zealanders? Well, what observations would you give someone who's actually going to live there? I think we live pretty simple life, really. And obviously, English is uh, mostly spoken. We do have a very strong ethnic culture here with the Maori people. And over the years, we have developed very strong Pacific Island base here in New Zealand as well. And then in the last 10 or 15 years, as you've said, with South Africans, we've had a number of South Africans come into New Zealand, but also we've had a lot of Asian countries coming into New Zealand. And I think in the next five to 10 years, you know, we will have up to about a 20% of our population will be Asian. And here in New Zealand. So we are the biggest mix of races here in the world, really, in Auckland. Auckland has the largest Pacific Island and Maori base in the world. And for some Pacific Island countries, smaller ones like um, Tonga, for instance, there are probably more Tongans living in Auckland than there are in Tonga. Okay. And we have a very strong Samoan culture here in, in Auckland as well. So it's very mixed race here in Auckland. And we celebrate that. That's one of the things we celebrate. We had a large Chinese contingency in New Zealand come early on in the police as well. So, and they celebrate things like Lantern First Festivals and all of their Chinese New Year's and so forth. So really, it's a matter of um, people just being open to whoever their local community, really, people around them, particularly, and just observe what's going on. But New Zealand people are very giving. If you really are helpful and look to help people around you and, and offer help, they will certainly give that back in spades to you. So the biggest thing is just trying to ease into New Zealand life be wary of the different customs or the different cultures. And so that just really takes a bit of observation for a while and not stepping straight in with opinions and things like that. And just listening to what's going on on the ground. And um, if you're open and uh, want to help people, then Kiwis are very open. Uh, and as I said, they will respond to that very well. So thank you, Cameron. One question which often comes up is for those expats coming to work in a senior management role in a, a New Zealand corporation, do you have any tips uh, in terms of leadership style if they find themselves needing to give direct or somewhat negative feedback to someone on their workforce? How would you suggest that be done in New Zealand? I think it's really a matter of making sure that you have all your facts in front of you. As I said, we are a very multicultural society here in, in New Zealand, and there's lots of unknowns and, and lots of traps for people who really are, are not wary of those customs. So my answer would be that I would be very wary in the beginning until you're very comfortable that you have the full facts and you have full knowledge because Often they can be hidden, but really I would be very loath to give too negative a feedback in the first few months of any appointment until they were fully aware of. But I would always go and seek other advice from other people higher up how they would handle it before really giving that negative advice. That's good, I, you know, and I think that's very helpful. In terms of your business, Cameron, how should someone engage, reach out to McGregor Bailey? 
Well, our international platform is really our websites, and we would encourage anybody to go and have a look at our websites to get a feel for who we are and what we do. There's plenty of explanation there. Okay. So people can contact us easily by email. All our email addresses are on our website, and we are more than happy to have Zooms or team meetings with anybody anywhere around the world, and I do it on quite a regular basis. Oh, great. I had a, a new client the other day uh, who was in England and uh, been in New Zealand for a number of months and then went back home again and needed to fill in a, a New Zealand tax return and needed good advice on it, and we did that all over Zoom. Oh, good. Good to know. Good to know. And away from work, Amran, what are some of the things that you like to do in your spare time? I'm a passionate sportsman still, trying to look after a a bit of a battered body, but I enjoy a lot of golf. Although I'm not actively involved in rugby league anymore, I still like to get out and support my local club. And I am a life member of both the Auckland Rugby League and the New Zealand Rugby League. I've continued to, to train all my life. I go to the gym at least three mornings a week. I have a personal trainer. Well, thank you, Cameron, for your time today. There's been lots of great information for anyone keen to move to Auckland and indeed understand more about New Zealand. It's been a great pleasure, so thank you very much. Thank you, John, and look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you all for listening to us today. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to showcase how our members can help you move overseas. My name is John McCarian, and I'm always ready to hear from you with any questions that you have. Please contact me via our website, expatland.com. Enjoy the journey.